Tina. This is Ellie. Welcome to Better Now. We're going to go ahead with our podcast. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to Better Now, Living Mindfully. This is a conversation between two friends that explores a mindful approach to life. Today, we have a very special guest, Tina Tassina. Dr. Tina Tassina is a licensed psychotherapist in Southern California since 1978. With over 40 years of experience in counseling individuals and couples, she's an author of 15 books and 17 languages, including Dr. Romance's Guide to Finding Love Today. It ends with you, grow up and out of dysfunction. The 10 smartest decisions a woman can make after 40. Love styles, how to celebrate your differences. And the 13th step, how to be happy partners, working it out together. She writes Dr. Roman's blog and the happiness tips from Tina email newsletter. Online, she is known as Dr. Romance. Dr. Tina appears frequently on radio, TV, video, and podcasts, including on generousmarriage.com. She tweets at Tina Tessina. Welcome, Dr. Tessina. We are just so honored and delighted to have you on our podcast. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. So you are a, a friend and colleague of Georgiana, and she has spoken very highly of you, especially in terms of your understanding of mindful communication in relationships and with couples. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yes, mindfulness is really important in a couple relationship. Um, if you're not being mindful, you're not in your right mind, and you're not going to say what you intend to say or what you would say. If you, if you lose focus and get upset, you know, words come out of your mouth that you never intended. So mindfulness can fix all that and do a lot of healing in the relationship. Hmm. So how can we get to a place that's not really um, centered and grounded in our feelings when our feelings get hurt, especially if it's someone that we love and we feel vulnerable with? What can we do to kind of like get out of that place of just like reacting? Well, the first thing is to stop for a moment. Take a couple of breaths. Let the flood of adrenaline that's happened when you get upset, settle down, and then you can think about what you need to say that's really going to be effective for you. Because a lot of what we say when we get upset is totally ineffective for us. Hmm. So it's interesting because I remember uh, one of my friends telling me, like, what is the message that you want to communicate? And sometimes I guess that message gets lost. And like you said, the adrenaline and the feeling. So we're going to pause and we're going to think about the message. And then what? How, how do we know that our partner's ready to receive it? Like, what can we look for? Well, look for your partner to be paying attention to you and to be open to you. If they're not, then maybe it's your turn to listen instead of to talk to them. Maybe you need to listen for a little while until they become more receptive. Hmm. 
And so what are your tips on listening? Because sometimes, you know, when, like I was told today, I was like, you need to listen. And I was like, okay, like I can just like, sometimes I think of listening as just hearing what someone else is saying. Um, but what is, what is your definition of listening? Well, I like to talk about active listening, which you would probably call mindful listening, which is to um, pay attention to what's being said and all of the physical and emotional signals you're getting along with it. And what we tend to do is want to react right away. But what really works better is to respond, which means to think a little bit about what you need to say and then respond. And maybe not right away. Maybe we need to wait long enough that our um, partner has a chance to calm down and say everything they need to say. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the, think the most important words in a relationship are tell me more those are the most important three words in a relationship tell me more because if you don't understand what's going on and you respond you're going to go in a direction you don't want to go and then when they are telling you more what Mm -hmm. is it that you recommend for us to kind of like take it in You know, sometimes you're just listening, but you're really thinking about what you want to say. (laughs) Yes, that's right. That's right. And and that's defensiveness. If you're thinking about what you want to say instead of listening, then you're defending yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. not going to get you anywhere. What you need to do is just really listen and try to understand what the other person is saying to you. And if they're saying it in a an angry way or a loud way or, you know, an excited way, it's harder to hear. Mm. But that's when you should get more calm. Oh, that's so interesting. You know, it's interesting. I I thought back, I I had studied psychology back at Pepperdine, and I thought this one thing that one of my professors said, and it was like, you know, anger is a secondary emotion. And I'm like, what does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, yeah, you know, if you look underneath anger, you'll find fear. And that's right. That was such a takeaway for me. So that Mm -hmm. when I saw someone who was angry, like really just tearing it out just like yelling and stuff i i always thought that person must feel really vulnerable right now that's right really afraid and so they do what they do in the animal kingdom you know there's so many animals and birds and whatnot that puff up big when they get scared Um, Mm -hmm. all their feathers or their fur or whatever stands out like a porcupine and uh and we do that too but we do it emotionally and with words um and it looks angry and it sounds angry but what it really is is scared Uh so if if your partner's defensive what they're afraid of is losing you so the calmer you get and the more you just sit there the more you reassure that fear Uh uh-huh uh-huh Hmm. How can I 
get calm when someone is yelling at me and maybe saying something offensive or disrespectful, how can I, in my body, get calm the way you're recommending? What can I do? Do nothing. Hmm. Don't respond. Just look the person straight in the eye and don't react. React as little as you can. And the steam will go out of them right away. Hmm. The minute you say something, you add fuel to the fire. If you just stay calm and wait, they'll wind down. They have to. They can't, they can't sustain that level of energy without somebody egging them on. And, of course, if you try to defend yourself or object or whatever, you egg them on. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of an animal. Like if you're in the woods and you see a deer. And, yep. you know, you're walking towards a deer and the deer doesn't move. They just don't move. They just stay completely and totally still. Kind of mm-hmm. like cuddling that energy of the animal, you know, just being completely still. That's um, right. Hmm, that's beautiful. And mm-hmm. um, that limbic brain, the part of our brain, the back part of our brain, just at the top of our spinal cord, that's where that's the part of the brain that takes over when we get emotionally charged and that is very animal Mm. so responding as you would to an angry animal like just staying still and doing nothing is your best bet right and and then i can see myself breathing at that moment now Now that you've described it more, I can kind of think about maybe um, just like being really calm and just breathing, inhaling and exhaling and just taking it in. Um, Yep. How can how can I not take the hurt in? Like when someone is yelling. That's where the mindfulness comes in. You need to be mindful that. Whatever's going on with your partner is really not about you. Not when they're charged like that. It's all about them. And it's all about maybe, you know, what their mother said or their father said when they were four years old. Um, and they, it, that's been triggered and that's where they are. And that's why they're scared because they feel like a four-year-old in an um, unfathomable situation. And, um, that when when you stay calm they will calm down and then they're they have access to the front part of the brain the prefrontal cortex again and that's where the thinking and the mindfulness happen Mm -hmm. this almost reminds me of being a mother with a child who's having a tantrum that's exactly right that's what it is it's always a tantrum and tantrums are always about being afraid. Mm-hmm. And now that I, I see that as being a tantrum and I can imagine a baby having a tantrum and someone who's defenseless or vulnerable, then I can, I can move towards it with loving kindness. That's and I right. And embrace them. You know, my, right. hus- my husband would always say in the early parts of our marriage, you know, if we're going to have an argument, we need to hold hands. And I was like, I don't want to hold your hand right now. (laughs) That's wonderful. That's what I get couples to do in my counseling practice. Yes. 
they have something difficult to say to each other, the first thing I do is ask them to hold hands. And the minute you do that, you can feel the energy in the room calm down. Mm, that's lovely. Because that says non-verbally, we are connected. This isn't going to disconnect us, even though we're upset about something right now or we disagree about something. We are connected. It's not going to disconnect us. And then everybody calms down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's such a beautiful symbol of, you know, moving towards the same goal and direction of having that connection with each other. Yeah, that was very smart on your husband's part. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like you got a good one. Yeah, I got a good one. It's been 25 <laughs> years so far. So yeah. hopefully we got 25 more years to go. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we just passed 38 in May. So oh, that's it's, so it's, wonderful. It's really wonderful, isn't it? When you can form a partnership with somebody that lasts like that. I don't think people really understand and appreciate. I don't think younger people understand and appreciate how important that is they're kind of down on relationships right now mm-hmm. but really that's such a wonderful atmosphere to be soaking up that that connection between you and somebody else somebody who loves you mm-hmm. and I feel that one of the things that has really helped us as a couple is the fact that he wouldn't give up on me like sometimes I just want to throw in the towel and say okay you know I can't I can't do this and he would say well we're married so that's not an option (laughs) what a wonderful thing for him to say and he sounds like he's good at staying calm when you're not yes he is we kind of play that role for each other every once in a while you know Um, yeah that's really good to balance each other out is very valuable Mm-hmm. And ha- having that person, whichever partner it is, stay grounded, stay grounded for the other partner when the other partner is feeling through emotions or conflicts or anything else, just to have that rock that you can hold on to, even though you don't want to hold on to it, but it just allows you to it just hold you down and grounds you kind of like mm-hmm. holding hands when you're or even turning on the lights. You know, have you ever had that moment? When it's late at night and it's like two in the morning and you want to have a conversation with your husband because, you know, something's on your mind and they just want you to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, at two in the morning, they just want you to be quiet. <laughs> like, right? It's like, right. wait a minute, I just figured it all out. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> like right now? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and just, you know, also like turning on the lights because sometimes things happen to us at night and you're talking and it's dark and you can't see each other. And it's like, mm-hmm. turn on the light because then you can see and look into each other's eyes and see mm-hmm. the vulnerability in each other's eyes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was a lot of information in terms of a lot of tools that can bring us to a level of intimacy through mindful communication. Yes, it, being mindful is so valuable. It's not always easy to do, but um, I had a vocal coach, I sing, and I had a vocal coach, and she said to me about nervousness, you know, singing in front of an audience. Yes. She said, 
get very bovine. What she meant, like a cow, you know, just, just settle down into this really relaxed, settled place. And then, you know, you get beyond all the nervousness and the craziness and everything. And if you can do that for yourself, and that's one reason why, you know, being doing regular meditation is good because it teaches you how to do that. Um, if you can do that for yourself, then your partner will respond by also calming down. They really can't help it. They'll pick it up from you. Mm-hmm. It's that mirroring, right? Like the mirror neurons where you That's- see someone and you just kind of mirror their actions. And the same thing happens in the escalation. If someone's escalated, it's easier to escalate with them, you know? So just yeah. having that contrastive kind of body movement and body motion. And uh, that sounds awesome. Yes, it's it's uh, very helpful to do that. It, it just, you know, and if, if you mirror the wrong thing, if you mirror the excitement, you'll get more of that. So you, you Focus on what you want more of. And if you want more calmness, then you focus on being calm. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I learned from um, the communication piece is also paraphrasing what that person was trying to say in my own words. Or sometimes if I don't feel like someone's listening to me, I'm like, Are you, do you get it? Like, can you tell me what I just said? Like, mm-hmm. You know? Because having that validation of having someone tell you what you just said is so important. Sometimes you just need that. That's right. And as a therapist, I often say to my clients, especially now that we're on the phone a lot, you know, um, I say, does that make sense to you? Did you understand that? Um, Just to make sure that we're communicating the way I think we're communicating. Right. That's really powerful because, because I have a completely different mind frame than my partner. They might be interpreting even the same sentence in a completely different way. That's Hmm. right. That's right. Because I always, I think that we all grew up on different planets and, um, you know, there's that men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but I think we are all from different planets and we don't understand what other people take for granted and they don't understand what we take for granted because we grew up in different environments, completely different environments. And anytime two people get together in a relationship, that combination has never existed before. So it all has to be worked out from scratch. Hmm. That kind of reminds me too of how applicable this is to any relationship that you might have in terms of colleagues at work or, you know, neighbors or friends or family members and understanding that their, their childhood, their attachment, their, their background is affecting the color and hue of their conversation and their approach to interacting with us. Right. And it's the lens through which they see you and the rest of the world. Hmm. We all have a lens, you know, that we were fitted for at birth, so to speak. 
by the environment we were in. And we can overcome a whole bunch of that by doing conscious work and being mindful. But it's still there. We still have a tendency right now in the culture we're talking about um, white privilege and that lens. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said the other day on Facebook, there was an article about how in my city, you know, all the violence perpetrated by the police department. And I said, I didn't know this because it's white privilege. They're always nice to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the lens I see things through. And I have to do some work to get outside of that lens and see it as it would look to somebody else. Well, that's so the same thing applies in your relationship. Right. That is so powerful to be able to see it from his or her lens, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. We, yeah. we're so caught up in our own lens and our own story. That Absolutely. seeing it from their lens. Wow. Okay. So I often suggest when somebody's not getting along, for example, if you have a difficult relative or a difficult somebody, or you're just going through a difficult period in your relationship, to try and explain it from their point of view, which is going to be totally foreign to you. But if you can explain what they're saying and doing from their point of view, you're going to have a much easier time connecting with them. Mm-hmm. And also being vulnerable in front of them. I had a situation where um, there was just this, I don't know, this kind of transference between me and a colleague. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell what was it about me that triggered things in her. And I didn't know what triggered things for me from her. Mm-hmm. And once I became really vulnerable and shared it, it broke all the walls and we were able to like really appreciate each other. But just like being vulnerable in front of your partner and yeah, just sharing from your heart, right? That's right. It's great. And, and to, you know, get it that you're not right mm-hmm. and they're not wrong. They're not right or wrong either. You know, that I don't think in relationships there is any right or wrong. There's just what works. And oh. I see couples all the time getting caught up in who's right and who's wrong or what's the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. But really, if you just focus on what works, what's going to fix this problem? What are, we, what are we working on? What are we working to achieve? All that goes away, all that you know, who's right and who's wrong and, and my view versus your view, that all goes away. And we're just focused on what are we trying to achieve? Can you, um, can you focus on what you're trying to achieve without having that conversation about values first? Like I can see like people with completely different values, like you know, but if you just focus on what you're trying to achieve for that moment, can you just go from that moment on to the next moment and on? Yeah, just focus on what you're trying to achieve. You know what your values are. The other person knows what their values are. What you're trying to achieve is is somehow related to those values, but you don't really have to have that side discussion. You just need to focus on what do we want to do here? What do you want to do? What do I want to do? And what do we want to do together? Mm-hmm. And, 
you know what a Venn diagram is with the overlapping circles? Yes. Me and you and where we overlap. Right. So sometimes what we want to achieve as a couple has kind of three different parts. My part that is different from your part, your part, and then our part, which is where we overlap. And we want to achieve all of those and we can make enough room to do that. It's such a powerful symbol for the complexity of enmeshed relationships. And when you're uh-huh. so together that you're like, you don't see yourself as separate, but you see yourself as one. I always struggled with that because I, I always gave myself completely and totally to the relationship and actually saw the title of your book about how you can be your own person. I'm like, oh. I got to read this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, that's why it's such a popular book, I think. How to be a couple and still be free. Yeah, that's the one. I'm that's at the right one. Now. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I wish I would have had that when I was 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> it only took me 20 years to figure that one out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, gosh, you've really offered so many tools today for, um, for us to move forward with... Um, loving kindness and mindfulness in our relationships and our communication. You know, words have a lot of power. They do. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Tina, for being with us today. And uh, we want to invite our listeners to uh, read the description in the podcast to find out more about Dr. Tina Tessina. You can, um, she has a blog, social media account, email. You can reach her at her website, www.tinatessina.com. And uh, more information about Dr. Tessina will be on our description. You can follow us on our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as Anchor to um, follow Dr. Tessina's work. And she also has a Facebook page, I believe. So um, yes, thank you so much, um, Tina. This was wonderful to be with you. Thank you, Ellie. And thank you, Georgiana. I always appreciate these opportunities. And I've loved having this conversation with you. Same here. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye.